Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a show where we talk about the stuff, the goods, baby. The good stuff. The goods. We got them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. This is a show which we didn't we didn't do last week. Yeah, thank you all for your patience. For your patience with us, uh, mm-hmm. we 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 had a little a little a little vacay because we were a little family vacay. A little family vacay. We were having a pretty tough time. I think it's easy to say for us. Uh, it, you know, we're all having a tough time right now. It's not a competition though, folks. And uh, yeah, we took a little, little time off for ourselves. And well, yeah, Griffin uh, Griffin hadn't seen his bros in almost a year, and they had not. More they importantly, had not met our new child. Right. We uh, we we there was a lot of stuff that happened kind of all at once, yeah. and it turned out that our our plans that we had for them to meet Gus uh, like weren't going to happen, and so yeah. we, we we hopped on this this family trip and. Uh, it was it was nice and hectic and stressful and lovely and uh, but we're back now and we're ready to yeah hit the ground running mm-hmm. with the good the goods you got any little goods <laughs> are we changing the name of our small show? wonders is now little goods <laughs> I like that yeah oh man oh man oh man can you go first I can. Uh, our friend Evan um, Minsker sent me and uh, our our extended fam a recipe uh, on Food Network from Trisha Yearwood called Garth's Breakfast Bowl, and I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. Um, I, can I just read it? Because it's, yeah, it's a four step recipe. I'm okay. not going to read all the ingredients because one of them comes at you so fast and furious in a way that this is a breakfast bowl that Garth Brooks. That Garth Brooks made. Okay. Step one, in a large skillet, melt the butter and scramble the eggs. Okay. So far, we're in breakfast bowl territory. Scramble eggs, yeah. Step two, in a separate large skillet, cook the hash browns according to package directions. I love that. It's like refer to ancillary materials. Go to Appendix B to find out how to cook the hash browns. You don't need to make hash browns. You've got a box right now that will tell you. Check this. Step three, in a third skillet. Whoa. That seems unnecessary. <laughs> Break up the sausage with a wooden spoon and cook until browned. Remove with a slotted spoon and transfer to a bowl. Cook the bacon in the same skillet until crispy. Whoa. Drain on paper towels, tear into pieces, and set aside. That's all step three. You're supposed to be doing all that stuff at once in your three discrete skillets. That wow, you have I don't think we have three skillets. Are you ready for the fucking twist of a lifetime? Seems pretty greasy, by the way, so far, but go ahead. Oh, that's going to be the least of your concerns when we hit step four. Cook the tortellini according to package directions. Layer a large bowl with hash brown, sausage, bacon, tortellini, eggs and cheese, and serve. End of recipe. Uh, Pasta, not typically a breakfast food, uh, but more, I wonder, is it supposed to be tortilla? Nope. The okay. ingredients, two tablespoons butter, eight large eggs, one 16-ounce bag frozen hash browns such as tater tots thawed, one pound pork sausage, one pound bacon, one nine-ounce package cheese and roasted garlic tortellini. And Unreal. Then some che- Unreal, Garth and Trisha. Garth. Why? 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 Garth, you made some hits. I just, you think this is, do you think maybe... He sort of got very experimental with food when Chris 
Gaines was around, and this is like a, yeah. a hold of, like when Chris Gaines was around, Chris Gaines ate some wild shit, and there's a fancy fancy boy who likes tortellini, and because which we all think is the fanciest. It looks like little beautiful rings. So it is, of course, the fanciest pasta. It's so strange to me that, you know, I, I could see in a pinch, let's say we don't have enough food items. Yeah. So maybe we'll have tortellini for breakfast, but there is more than enough food I items. Even, I can't see that. <laughs> if I if we look around the house, and this is a very privileged position to take, and I get that, folks, but if we look around the house and it's like, we don't got eggs, we don't got sausage, we don't got hash browns, we don't have bacon. We got tortellini, though. Hun, do you want to eat tortellini for breakfast? I would I say, would no, let's it. just run out and grab something. I would do it. Because it's tortellini. I would do it, honey. Okay. I, 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 I think also I don't really like tortellini very much. Really? Yeah, I like a long noodle. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Evan, uh, for for sending that my way. And Justin, you, you both um, really <laughs> put a spring in my step this um, I thought of my little good. Good, good, good. Uh, the chicken nugget at Burger King. Oh, God, yes. Really paid off for us. Really in a big way. We, uh, when we travel, typically uh, one thing we can count on is the chicken nugget. And mm. typically this comes from an establishment called McDonald's. Yes. But uh, at the airports we were at, for whatever reason, Burger King had the monopoly. A stranglehold. And I was a little nervous because, I, you know, I mean, discerning four-year-old, I thought he is going to see this nugget and recognize it is not his beloved one. No. But he... Gladly ate it, and I had some as well. Good, uh, good fucking nuggets, good man. Good nuggets. Do you remember when they uh, added chicken fries to the menu oh, and God. America lost its fucking mind? Those were not good. Those I, not I mean, good. they're long nuggets, honey. And well, but they they because of the the thinness of the chicken fry. Yeah, they became like rubbery, like oh, like there wasn't enough like juicy meat inside. I disagree. I per- I, I think you liked pr- the- I think mm. the dipability of these bad yeah, boys. Yeah, but they just didn't hold and up. And getting well. chicken fries with a side of fries fries is like, yes, give me long food. <laughs> Exclusively small long foods, please. Please. I'm dipping them in the smallest container of barbecue yeah. sauce. It's just weird to like a food because of its dipability. Like you reckon- Is that weird? <laughs> Weird. You recognize you're saying nothing about the taste or mouthfeel of the item, just the fact that you can easily dunk it in Let something else. Let me hit you else. with this then. Okay. And this could be the show, <laughs> but then it would be my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah. What do you like better, Fritos or Frito Scoops? When it's time to dip. Yeah. Case, <laughs> case closed. That, but I would never say first and foremost, I like a Frito because of its dipability. N- no, but I like you the would salty, say, crunchy. You would say when it's time to scoop, I would like the Frito designed specifically for that function. Yeah, but to look at a chicken fry and to say, oh, that's good dipability. Like first, first thing out of your mouth. Like, yeah. The taste, maybe you whatever. A, maybe, I, you, maybe you have like a small flask. You have like an Erlenmeyer flask full of barbecue sauce <laughs> and a regular chicken nugget's not going to get past that narrow mouth. But I would say yeah. a, a chef at a fancy restaurant mm-hmm. who doesn't provide you with salt and pepper and seasoning because the idea is that their food doesn't necessarily require additional right. elements, that if you are looking at a food anticipating a need to dip, perhaps the food is not yeah. good enough on its own. Yeah. Maybe it's also, by the way, just because I haven't had Burger King in a while. Yeah, it's true. But um, their flame-grilled burgers are good as fuck. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't have the burger. I like that smoky flavor. It's good in my mouth. And that's all I got to say about Burger <laughs> King, our sponsor this week, the BK. 
It's just we all we all as a nation have slept on Burger King for a while. Like McDonald's always doing thing, and then Wendy's popped up and it was like we got fucking bacon monster, and we're like oh, that's fun. Can I say we had basically stopped entirely eating? Oh sure, fast food until we had a son that be- was very very picky, and now it's like we are so intimately familiar with all of the fast food chains. Yes, we don't. We still don't get food from them. We get food like we don't. Uh, we're not. I mean, occasionally it's been a minute though <laughs> since I've had a you know. A, a Mac of any size. Yeah. Um. Uh, God, you remember that Mac? What was it? The Mac Deluxe? What was it? Oh, I don't. I you. you I know recall? so much deep McDonald's I know. apocrypha. This is why the the Munch Squad segment is so successful on your I show. I know. It's it, a, we're all very enthusiastic. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Okay. Can I go and do my thing? Yes. Because my thing is sandcastles. I like Aww. sandcastles. They're so fun. They are the premier beach activity. I just book. had a really strong memory of a year where Lawmire Sculpture Park, my beloved yes. St. Louis institution, did like a whole sandcastle exhibit. That makes sense. Where they had like multiple castles that you could visit, uh, which seems very like like a difficult decision to make because I mean, it is so <laughs> yeah <laughs> day two it rains like what do you what do you well do? there's ways of for like art exhibit oh, for preserving castles for preserving them okay. whether it's with a uh, adhesive spray which mm-hmm. is what they do at a lot of sort of like big sandcastle competitions or just mixing in sort of clay composite into the mix to give it a little bit more mm. Mm. see more. you know Oof. i've never seen you make a sandcastle i don't think I don't even know your technique. I mean, I made them at this trip that we just I know, but I didn't see it. It was gone by the time I arrived. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, they were brutal tides, and we'll we'll get into that. (laughs) All right, we we have fun building sandcastles. Henry got hit by a pretty, like, bonkers rogue wave Uh that gave him swimmer's ear, which sort of cast a shadow, I would say. Yeah. Uh, over the 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 trip, um, but yeah. before that, we made we made some good sandcastles, and it, it, he it was so me. devastated when I came back. He indicated to me that the can the castle had been lost, and he seemed really worried that you were going to be upset about it. I know it was so sad. It made me think. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I wanted to tell him like it's okay, buddy. That's what happens with sandcastles. Yeah, there's, there's something there's something beautiful about that. But okay, there's a lot about the process I like when you find the right like sand with the right moisture content so that it slides right out of one of those like bucket molds. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's good stuff. Because it's hard. It's hard. If the sand's too dry, it just falls apart. If it's too Uh wet, then it forms a suction in the the bucket and then it won't come out. And, you know, you got to get that perfect, that that perfect porridge, Mm. um, which is uh, tough to do. I, I don't even do it all the time. You know, when I'm making sandcastles every every couple weeks or so in the basement. <laughs> we don't have a basement. Um, what I like even more, though, and I think is true for everyone, more than just making the castle, is the infrastructure. Making, like, the the moat that goes around it or the, the, po- the swimming pool for the imaginary sand people to play inside of or the, the flood walls that could potentially hold back the, the waves. Um, although they almost exclusively are not effective at that because as it turns out when water hits sand the sand goes oh okay and just kind of goes <laughs> and just leaves it, the water takes it and it's gone um but just like trying to trying to build defenses for it like getting into structural engineering maybe i'll build maybe i'll build a fence with little sticks that could be fun 
I'm just thinking about this now. Wouldn't it be fun to build a... Well, actually, it's dangerous because somebody could step on that. Well, and also it's difficult to find sticks on the beach. I guess so. I mean, driftwood. That's what I like is using reclaimed... It's a a Mm multi-medium project. Mm -hmm. Because you can use driftwood. You could use a, uh, you know... a, a, um, a bird, uh, it's a big fish <laughs> that you find. Uh-huh. Uh, I also like the decoration stage a lot, like picking up like washed up kelp and draping that on there, or uh, uh-huh. getting a bunch of shells and kind of pressing that into the into the work, or using like a, a um, like a fork or something to scrape some texture into the walls. Oh, that's good to stuff. Um, poking holes, poking little windows in it. Like it's, it's, there's, there's so many ways to get creative with sandcastles. So for you, it's not necessarily about height. Cause I feel like I there don't care are about the height. a lot of folks out there are really, they're interested in the height. No, I don't, I, that's not my thing. Like the castle is secondary. The, the castle is the thing to protect and decorate with infrastructure and decor. It's not the it's not the star of the show for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more about the the you know the utilities offered by the, uh, <laughs> by, by the installation. And there's also something genuinely very zen about sandcastles in that you know while you are making it, unless apparently you are a four year old son, that it is inherently a doomed enterprise. <laughs> Like it's going, it isn't. It is not. It is very impermanent. Uh-huh. I have this very like vivid memory of a beach trip we took when I was like little uh, with our family friends uh, and we were staying at this hotel in Myrtle Beach that was like facing the ocean and we were like 10 stories up and I remember we had spent the morning building this huge sandcastle with all these sort of defensive structures and then like in the afternoon and evening when the tide started to roll in we just sat on the balcony for hours and watched our sandcastle, our little sandcastle, like try to fend off the waves until eventually, <laughs> like it was just all traces of it had been completely washed away. Yeah, and it wasn't like you know it's going to happen. And if you are okay with that, then it's just a question of like how long can my little brave little toaster yeah. like hold off the ravages of the world? And when like not to get too like existential about it, but like I think it's too late. It's too late. I guess <laughs> you could say the same for over the grand scope of everything, like any creative endeavor. So if you think about a sandcastle and you think like, well, this doesn't have to be perfect because it's going to be, you know, eroded by the ravages of time at some point, you could apply that logic to a lot of creative endeavors that would make you not approach them with like complete perfectionist, like, attitude that would keep you from from making the thing and having fun with it in the first place. I think there's a a lot to learn from Sandcastle. This is a very glasses half full approach because what you said to me now just sounded like a little depressing. Really? Yeah. The idea that that you could put energy into something that is very fulfilling, but that has no permanence. Well, the energy has merit. That is yeah. that is the thing. Like it's the it is the act of of creating the thing that has the that has the value, not mm. the creation itself. Uh, you can I know that that is a a maybe a challenging statement for this show, but it is a it is a I don't know. It's a philosophy that I think serves me fairly well I in know. my in my uh, uh, more professional creative endeavors. Yeah, uh, and also for sandcastles. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it, all right, I'll, I'll turn it around. I know the thing you've been wondering since I started talking about this is like, what's the history of sandcastles? And I'm here to tell you that I don't know that. But I can tell you what the biggest sandcastle ever made was because it was made earlier this year. Whoa. In Denmark. Uh, there was a small seaside town called, I'm going to mispronounce a lot of things here in the mm -hmm. next like 30 seconds, uh, Blokus, and uh, a dude named Wilfred Stigger and 30 other sculptors built a monolithic pyramid-esque sandcastle that stands nearly 70 feet tall. Whoa. And it's made from almost 5,000 tons of sand and clay. I was thinking as you were describing this, I was like, oh, I hope you can walk into it. I don't know. I, you can't walk into it. It is a, it is a, uh, it is a wild, look up a picture of it. If you search like biggest sandcastle ever made Denmark, okay. you will get there. But it is like a, multi-tiered almost city like it is a um it is like a keep made out of yeah, all multiple buildings okay. and things like that um but what's wild isn't just the intricacy of it and the scope of it but also that it is about the role that covid19 has played in our lives over the last year and a half which is wild <laughs> uh there is a model of the virus wearing a crown at the top of the sculpture. Whoa. And in an interview, the uh, Wilfred Stigger said, uh, it's ruling our lives everywhere. It tells you what to do. It tells you to stay away from your family and not go to nice places. Don't do activities. Stay home. He channeled his COVID anxiety wow. into a 70-foot tall sandcastle made out of 5,000 tons of sand and clay. That's so interesting, all those people that are like, hey, look at the sourdough I made. And he's like, oh, interesting. Uh, here's my thing that yeah. I did. <laughs> Just a little 70-foot tall sandcastle. Uh, yeah, those sandcastles, I really like them, man. I, yeah. I, I am afraid of a lot of the things that live in the ocean, which maybe I've chosen a strange topic to do a whole season of The Adventure Zone around. But I like, but I'm also not a fan of like, you know, sunbathing. Or I like yeah. I like chilling in the shade on the beach and reading a book. That's like my shit. But if I'm gonna not be doing that, I want to be building a sandcastle. Now I'm curious. Do yeah. you have opinions on beach sandcastle versus sandbox sandcastle? I mean, sandbox sandcastle, you're not gonna get the the mixed media. Yeah, you're of not course. gonna get the you're not gonna get the water content. Like it's yeah. it's it's. It, I mean, it's good practice, I guess. But um, it's not the big show as the we big call show, it yeah. in the Sandcastle mm -hmm. community. Hey, can I steal you away? Yeah. Uh, Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. 
So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Oh, we got a couple blumper bones here, and this first one is for Joseph Lynn, and it's from Stephanie, who says, Hey, sweets, I can't believe we have been married a decade already. So glad you were willing to be my blind date to prom 13 years ago. I like you and I love you. Our life together is the most wonderful thing ever. Let's get drunk, order a pad thai, and play some video games. Happy anniversary. That's um, a fun night. Yeah. We just had, we just had some pad thai last night. It was pretty pretty good. That's true. So I'm, feel, I'm feeling the pad thai. Yeah, part. no 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 drunk, but yeah, definitely pad thai. The pad thai. Parts. And if there's Griffin, there's always video games. Hey, that's not fair. I don't. I'm not always playing video games while we're hanging out. You know, having us time. Well, not always. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. I almost figured out how to play free cell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I'm on my. Is phone that all you're doing over there? Almost exclusively. Wow. You see me playing my on my phone or on yeah. the switch. It's all free cell because it's, <laughs> it's just like it's really complicated. Mm-hmm. It's like solitaire, but it's not. <laughs> Can I read this next one? Okay. This is for Amy. It is from Austin. Hey, my dude, I bought a Jumpo John, so you'd hear it and go, "Huh? Those people have the same names as us." Then ponder that until I said something more specific to our personal lives. But I guess you'll never unravel this mystery. Don't ask me about it or I'll just raise my eyebrows or something. Love ya and bless up. That's so good. That is so good. I love that. I, I love I love that very accurate description of how these things often go out into the world. Which yes. is like, I have that name and I know someone with that name. Yeah. Could it be? And it is. It is this time. It is, Austin. And Amy, but Amy, you knew, you know, because you got it. But Austin, surprise, we got you. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Robotman, what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my coworkers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Black, the space will be with you always. Sorry, who are you again? 
Is Master Kier on there? Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Just calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Doll, you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. You shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled. I've become a complete bird. I'm flying. I'm flying. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys. Mission to Zix. The final season on Maximum Fun. Hey, what do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about something that I'm surprised I have not talked about before, but according to my uh, look through the index, I have not. And I think this is going to be a little contentious. Uh-oh. Tie-dye. Yeah. You don't really like it, do you? I do not care for it. Yeah. I don't have, okay, I don't have anything against it. It's just not something I, I wear actively. Is I it don't all think of I the color? Pull. Is it just the, the so many color? No, I think that wearing tie-dye intimates a certain... uh, Like a party lifestyle? (laughs) Cultural lifestyle that... And not just one, there's several. There's several different sort of, I would say, tie-dye identities. Uh uh, Or tight entities, if you will. Of course. And uh, I don't know that I necessarily apply to any of them, right? Like, you can can have, you can live that sort of hippie life. Uh You can live that, I think it's got, there's a beach life for sure that's Uh got that, like a, a, a casual relaxation life. Or I also think there's like a church mission trip life where you get the where yeah. You get that so that's what I was going to ask you because I'm wondering if you have participated in tie dye and or had any tie dye items at any. It time. will not surprise you to learn that the latter of those three examples I just gave was one yeah. that I had. That's what I was going to say because so tie dye for I feel like our generation is really just more about like camp life, you know? Interesting, yeah. Like that was my experience was like one year at art camp, we like all tie dyed shirts or and shoes and whatever we could get our hands on. And so for me, like my nostalgia for tie dye is like a very artsy crafty one. See, and maybe that's part of it for me is that I am 34 years old and I don't actually know how you do tie dye. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've, I have tie dye shirts, but I've never really successfully made one and I'm not really sure how it works and I'm too afraid to find out at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I so I have quite a few tie-dye items and I find myself always kind of seeking out more um my my banner pieces of tie-dye clothing right now are like overall shorteralls that I love um we also have a little onesie that my friend Krista made uh our oldest son that now our youngest son can wear uh if I I could save time (laughs) in a bottle (laughs) Um, you see, you sing that, but you just did the sandcastle segment, and so I, I don't even know where you stand, really. I can, I can feel both things. Oh, that's beautiful. I know, I'm a complicated man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love the artsy crafty element, as I mentioned. I love the colors. I love that that they're always a little different. Like if you get like a real hand handcrafted item, sure. Uh, and there is a rich history there that goes back before the 60s. Oh, I don't doubt it. Um, this is actually- To the roaring 20s. Even before that. 
to the to the to the to the zany tens. <laughs> um, so tie dye uh, is a little difficult to track because textiles decay faster oh, than yeah. a lot of other mediums, and so it's difficult to say like this is the first piece of tie dye. But they can date uh, Chinese pieces from the fifth to sixth century. Uh, which is kind of incredible. Uh, Peru is another place where there has been a lot of early tie-dye. In Japan, tie-dye has been around uh, since 552 CE. Uh, You can also find some tie-dye in India done as early as 4000 BC. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Those are the places I would assume, like places that have a history of like very colorful like Mm -hmm. art and... Yeah, with things like dye, it's like a lot of different civilizations figured out how to dye things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It came out of a lot of different kind of like cultural uh, ceremonies and, and religious ceremonies uh, and also just, you know, the availability of the items that you could use. To well, they didn't have rubber bands. Dye fabric, true. So I don't know what was it like in like some sort of like awful like like entrails or something like that i mean that. I, I i can tell you that string is something that's been around for a while oh yeah and you can also bind oh yeah with string i was thinking like tinted like you know sinew <laughs> i mean maybe okay uh so in the u.s uh it was actually the great depression when women were learning how to tie-dye uh at home that doesn't sound depressing at all <laughs> Um, there were some shelf dyes available, like the one used today, which is the RIT, R-I-T dye, oh, was RIT. created in 1918. That's a lot, what a lot of people use to tie-dye today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could also, you know, use blackberries and cabbage and marigolds and, you know, any number of plant items. Uh, and it's the 60s, uh, 1969, where you saw like your your Janis Joplin, you know, your Joe Cocker on stage at Woodstock wearing the tie-dye. Uh, there is some, because everyone like associates it with the 60s, but it's like, well, how did it come back? And there's an interesting theory that the Peace Corps showed up in 1961 where people were traveling all over the place and that potentially volunteers in West Africa brought back kind of this this knowledge of dyeing fabric interesting. with them. Um but so tie-dye has this huge like surge in the 60s and 70s and then the 80s gets super preppy and it disappears and then i feel like right around when i was like middle school high school there was like a resurgence yeah. like mid to late 90s there was this kind of like reemergence of this like hippie well it's i genuinely think it was because that's when we got into like wild hypercolor shit like the, the, that mid to late 90s aesthetic was like true overwhelmingly neon mm-hmm. like bonkers well and there was also woodstock came back in the 90s i too. guess so that might yeah have been part of it uh and then as recent as like this year there has been this huge like tie-dye movement i don't know if you remember this i had actually forgotten about it until i was researching this but in the olympics team usa had this whole like line of like red, white, and blue, oh yeah, tie dye, including these like bucket hats that I guess you can purchase now as a. You as just showed me the copy of the article. I can't, not the. There we go. I'll oh show yeah, you the pictures. See, yeah, those are nice. Mm-hmm. Those are nice. 
I guess it was Ralph Lauren that did the whole like tie dye motif. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like all over, all over the place again. I mean, it's a hobby. Everyone got hobbies. That's the thing. A lot of people are kind of associating it with the like pandemic, uh, you know, home, home activity. You know, um, it's wild quick sidebar. Yeah. Last year I got into electronics. It was like my hobby was like modding controllers and switches and old Game Boys. And then I kind of fell off of it earlier this year because things started to get a little bit better. And now that we're starting to turtle up a little bit more, (laughs) I've been getting really interested in doing it again. (laughs) I wonder what that is. I don't don't know. It's almost like a reflex. It seems reflexive. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we are our friend... uh, Cassie, I know, got real into tie-dye and gave us some tie-dye socks uh, very early on in the pandemic. Um, and it, it was it was actually it was something I was planning to get into uh, at the beginning of quarantine. And then uh, for various reasons, just didn't. Yeah. Uh, largely because it is a pretty lengthy process. By so, various reasons, do you mean you grew yeah, a child? Yeah, I started growing a child. Um and also it, it's like it's a very kind of time intensive process. So there's there's the the wrapping of the rubber bands. Oh sure. And then there's the soaking of the dye in in various like segments, you know, of of depending on what pattern you want. And then there's like washing and then soaking, wa- you know, there's like a there's like a multi step. I don't know. You can say all these things. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I do well, not. Do you know. remember my, our, my, the birthday party we went to where tie dyeing was involved for the children? Yeah. Did I do it? No. No, I guess I did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. The, the the trick is to let the dye soak long enough and then uh, wash it, I believe, in cold water uh, so that you don't lose all of the but dye. But it's just the way it's crimped that it makes the, the crazy Yeah, patterns. you kind of swirl it and then rubber band it. So, yeah, the swir- like the spiral of it can create kind of like uh, a spiral pattern or if you, you can fold it certain ways to okay. create different types of patterns. It's kind of like origami in that way. It's the chaos, I think, I don't like. I think I, it's the chaos. <laughs> the chaos of, of tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> I like instructions, uh, you know, connect point A to point B to make, See happen, but tie dye is like just twist it up, baby, dip it in. That is true. There is something to be said for the fact that you do not know what it's going to look like. No, I don't like until you take everything out. I I have made quite a few tie dye items that just look splotchy. There is no discernible pattern. Yeah, I can't. I just like I like the multicolor. I I think I might actually like the chaos. I always say that about but you. That, the Rachel you know, McRoy agent of chaos. I'm the Dharma to your Greg. Stop saying that. <laughs> you know we're both Greg. I know. Rachel and I have this conversation a lot. When like one weekly. of us when one of us wants to say or do something fun and the other one's not necessarily in the right headspace for it. We will accuse one another of being the Greg and we're the Dharma. Ultimately, we're both Greg. But whenever we talk about it for more than two minutes, we come to the realization that we're both Greg. We're Greg and Greg. And that if one of us was a Dharma, this relationship probably would not work. (laughs) That's true. Probably would not function. I always think about this scene, and I don't know if it actually happened, but this like this uh, commercial or whatever preview or teaser for an upcoming episode where Dharma is dancing on a table and Greg is standing on the floor looking up at her. And I think, yeah, I wouldn't be on the table. (laughs) 
both both you and I would be on the ground looking up at this phantom dharma in our relationship. I'm imagining like, oh yeah, I did tie-dye on your business papers. Like, yeah. Oh man, you're so free-spirited. I would be like, my business papers, dharma. I need these for business tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. There's so many great shows on Max Fun that you should go uh, check out and listen to, like yeah. uh, Fanti. And if you haven't checked out Tiny Victories, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of crossover potential between us and Tiny Victories. Yeah, for sure. And Mission to Zix, whole mm-hmm. bunch of shows for you to go listen to. Uh, we uh, and by we, I mean Montaigne just put up the music video and full song oh, for it's so the charming. Theme, uh, My life is better with you. Uh, you can find that at our McElroy family YouTube. YouTube channel and uh yeah i think that's i think that's about it we got stuff at mcroymerch.com you can go check out now but uh that's it thanks again for being patient with us uh and you know we'll 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 be back next week the regular old episode but this is a fun one i've really enjoyed doing this show with you today i always enjoy doing it but this is one that i've i've just i've delighted in i yeah. delight in your i delight in your presence oh thank you dear yeah we took a week off that's not you know? it. It's I uh, just I'm full of love. I'm full, overwhelmed <laughs> with love. For we you. also haven't had a conversation this long in in that's true in over a week. Not because we're fighting, <laughs> but because our children are conspiring against us. There were so many times this past week, where Griffin would turn to me and ask me a question and want to talk about something, and I would be like, "Can we do this later?" <laughs> yeah, because we would have each each one child yeah. mm-hmm. cl- clambering all over us mm-hmm. but that's the life we chose it is you know it is it is it's a long game parenthood yeah i still imagine a time where both of us could sit with our young children at a restaurant and enjoy a meal together as a family it can't be that far away it can't but, but it is but it feels like it oh no <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.